Thank you so much. What a beautiful voice. In this meditation, if you'll notice, I bridge people from the heart because of your song this morning. Yeah. Because we have to know that that's really the only commandment we have to keep. And today's title is Jesus the Teacher, and it's part of the series of Reverend Kyra Bear. And she is letting us know about this man that we call Jesus. And I guess I'll say this at the beginning, not the end, but people have asked Marianne Williamson, why do you, why do you talk about Jesus? What's that? And, and she said, because that's his name. You know, we try to complicate things, and we try to be so different, and, and so, like, that's how I roll. But the truth is, life is simple. And the simplicity of life is to love. To know that Jesus taught with wisdom and truth. But he shook things up. You know, people like to imagine that this was a soft, quiet, holy man. And that is not the Jesus that I know. From both the Bible stories and from the things that he says to us. He walked into territory that was unfriendly, constantly testing him, constantly testing him. And you know what? He didn't quit. He taught from the experience that was his God within. So this idea of meditation and prayer is the idea of going within, because he promised that the kingdom of heaven was within. So there's a teacher, uh, Dr. Rocco Errico, who is an expert at the Aramaic culture, the Aramaic teachings, and he describes the suspected, uh, the suspected style of Jesus as expressive, dramatic, and even theatrical. So you think to yourself, is that the Jesus I know? You know, especially the theatrical part I like. And, and the idea is that he taught in parables. So when he talked about the Samaritan, the good Samaritan, he starts the story out with this man is coming from Jerusalem. Jerusalem and he's walking this path alone. Well, right away, he's got the attention of the crowd. Because never, never in the culture would anyone walk alone. They always walked in groups for safety reasons. And then he brings in the priests and Levites who don't help and they cross to the other side. Well, what is crossing to the other side metaphysically? Crossing from compassion and mercy. And the Samaritans stopped. Well, they didn't like Samaritans because they were a mixed group. Much like they weren't pure. Much like John and I. We're not pure. We're, we're a mixed group. We, we were Methodists and Catholics. And they called us a mixed marriage. And, you know, I didn't even know what that... I said, what, what, what's a mixed marriage? I didn't even know what it was. I was in it, but I didn't know what it was. 
So, you know, it's funny that, so this, so look at how Jesus is shocking just in this one story. Some guys traveling alone. The priest and the Levite, who are like a minister and a licensed teacher, ignore him. They pass to the other side. And this guy who's a Sumerian is not liked because he's mixed. He's not pure. Now, he is shocking this crowd the whole time he's talking to them. And like Rocco Erico said, if you know Eastern men, because that's who he would be speaking to, he did speak to the crowds and the women. But the Eastern men, they're very lively. So there was lots of discussion going on as Jesus is teaching because he's shocking them. And then he talks about the prodigal son. Well, the prodigal son, first of all, it's the second son, and it's the first son that has all the rights. So the second son asks for his inheritance. Now, in that story, that is shocking because it's like wishing your father dead. You're asking for your inheritance. And the father is just love and grace and gives it to him. Well, you know the story. The son goes off. And he hits bottom. I don't know. Don't raise your hand because I don't want to know. But I bet someone here has hit bottom. So you know what that feels like. So he hits bottom, and his bottom is feeding the pigs. Biggest insult to a Jewish culture. Pigs are not their favorite. Although I have heard some have flopped over to bacon. So, you know... So, again, another an insult to the crowds of powerful Eastern men who are talking to each other because it's a storyteller culture. So in the storytelling, they're discussing it. Then the son, after hitting bottom, goes home to the father. And he goes home in humility. And that's not what our father wants from us. Because the father runs to him, not in the culture. The father would not run to the son. And the father runs to him and hugs him and kisses him. And you know the rest of the story and gives him a feast. I, I will mention his brother today because I think it's funny. And the brother says, you don't even give me a goat. Well, the goat, metaphysically, is resistance. So the brother's resisting this love because, quite frankly, sibling rivalry, he wants the brother to pay. That's not how it goes. This is all slow, compassion, mercy, and love. That's the seats you're sitting on. Interesting, isn't it? It's interesting. So then my favorite is the visit of Martha and Mary. I don't know if you know the story, but Jesus is friends with them. So he stops by, and of course you always get a bite to eat when you stop by. Uh, so Martha's in the kitchen, and she's getting the tea and the whatever they're going to have. 
for their meal. And Mary is sitting at the feet of Jesus. Now, metaphysically, feet are understanding. So she's sitting at the understanding of Jesus. So it's much like my sister who's always in the kitchen. You know, we had nine kids between us, so now they're married. Now they got kids, and, you know. And so there's lots of mouths to feed. And my sister's in the kitchen getting things ready. And I'm usually fooling around because my challenge is talking. (laughs) So I'm playing with all these kids, young people and their kids. So it's just like Mary and Martha. So Martha comes out, and what she typically does in the story is she's tattling. So she said, Jesus. Why am I in the kitchen doing all the work and Mary is at your feet? And he said, she has chosen the better way. Now that didn't go over with Mary and with Martha. It doesn't go over with my sister either. (laughs) Try to convince her. Someone has to be the PR person here. And so um, so why is that shocking? That just sounds like a normal story. Well, it's shocking because women didn't study in those days. They weren't the ones being taught until Jesus came. So he is constantly this holy, sometimes churches teach quiet, tiptoeing around man, is not who he is. He's a shocking, provocative speaker who is grabbing the attention of mighty storytellers and shocking them into listening. And he's he's not selling the law which they lived by. That's the other thing, is that the Jewish culture lived by the law. You couldn't do anything without going to the rabbi and finding out what the law was. And here's this man teaching compassion and mercy and love. It was shocking. Think of the first metaphysical understanding that you ever got, whether it was unity or somewhere else in your studies. I can tell you my first lesson. I remember it like it was yesterday. And it was a long time ago. And the lesson was, everyone, listen well, in today's day of separation, everyone is blameless. Now, I had a list of people that I could prove, and I could call in experts that would have affirmed that. And yet, my soul knew that that was true. So I spent the next 20 years crossing people off my list. So I could get to the point where I understood that everyone was a radiant soul. And to also understand that we have great answers. You know, Sharif Abdullah calls it shadow and light. 
So people get to choose. And you can go as dark as you want, but here's the good news. You can go as light as you want. Because free will is from our Father. So in Kyra's study, she has a Bible story which says, I'm going to look it up and read it. I didn't do it at the first one, but I like it. Okay, do you have the, um, do we have the eyes and fail to see and the ears and fail to hear? That's Mark 8.18. So the idea that do we see and hear beyond appearances? We all agree that the appearances right now are in a state of chaos. But we also teach that there's only one presence and one power, and that's good. Can you make that leap of faith? Can you make the leap of faith to say, all is good? Do you have the eyes to see and the ears to hear? Can you know that we are to walk in compassion, also in conviction? So this Christ had great compassion, but he also had conviction that the Father and I are one. We are temples. We are temples of the Holy Spirit. I have my, my neighbors here who know that saying from the catechism. We are temples of the Holy Spirit. Do we just say that when we were seven years old and learned it in catechism? Or do we say it now and know it, that we are carrying the Holy Spirit? That's what our meditation was. I will send you, Jesus said as a teacher, the Holy Spirit. And he, or she, as I say, will teach you all things. And you will have a remembrance of what I have said. I have to Google that to get the Bible passage, but that's the Bible passage. I don't know if I... So to understand that we also have to be convicted of who we are and what we're doing. To see and hear from our heart and soul, which was what our meditation was about, to really connect from our heart and soul and what your beautiful prayer was about. Yeah, to really connect from that spot. To understand that we have to break through the established rules and culture. Now, I know that all of you are holding rules and culture because that's what we do as human beings. But i got to tell you, pinning a Kleenex to my head to go into church because you needed a hat. (laughs) To me today is silly. So those rules and those cultural things that are so important to you today, possibly, not always, possibly, you'll look and say, that was silly. And that's what Jesus was about. He wasn't trying to, he wasn't trying to, Eliminate the laws. He said, I'm not here for that. I'm coming to fulfill them. Like, let's evolve. And that's what Charles Fillmore was about. His big thing was evolution. 
is that we are these powerful beings. We're holding this Holy Spirit, and we have an opportunity to evolve. So who you are today, or should I say who I am today, maybe I won't be that tomorrow, or maybe in a year I won't be that. My kids keep reminding me of who I am, and, and it's not who they think I am. Like, you know, I used to like things real clean. I don't care. Now, that wasn't a spiritual awakening. That was aging. But nonetheless, nonetheless. So I'm going to share a little bit by Dr. Dale. Um, Dr. Dale. Um, I'm sorry, I can't find the thing. Dr. Dale wrote, and he has nine characteristics of Jesus as a teacher. So it's important for me to share some of what he's saying. That Jesus taught with power. He wasn't this meek little church lady that is made out to be. That's not who he was. He was a powerful man who took on huge groups of people who didn't agree with him and were constantly testing him. He didn't quit because he knew the purity of the soul needed truth. That's an eternal truth. The purity of our soul needs truth. That's why we can understand when someone says to us, everyone is blameless. We get it. It makes no sense, but we get it. He was unique. You know, the crowds loved him. Matthew 7 says, when Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching. They were amazed because their soul could hear it. He talked about oneness. The Father and I are one. He talked about love. He talked about that is the, the most powerful of the commandments. He talked about light. You are a light to the world. He talked about life as being eternal. He, uh, we, we teach in unity that that's what God is. God is love and light and life. He talked about compassion. He taught not in one place. He went around and he taught many people. He didn't ask if they were a member or if they, you know, studied the same beliefs, or, although pretty much they were Jewish, but he didn't, you know, he, he just went around and talked. He was free. He was a free man. He wasn't constricted. He talked to scholars. They would listen to him. He was profound. He put people first. He would heal on Sundays. And they would say, why are you healing on the Sabbath? And he would call them hypocrites. And they would say, kill him. That's what was going on. It's so interesting. You know, when, when Reverend Joanne, thank you for asking me, gave me this topic, I just get, you know, like, I love Jesus. Anyway. So, and then his followers. They're scared. So many times in the Bible, people were afraid. Well, we'd be afraid, too. Angels coming, messages coming. So they're on the sea, and of course it's crazy. 
And then Jesus decides to walk out to them. They think Jesus is a ghost. I mean, we're not talking about perfect people here. You know, they used to say at Union Village, ordinary people doing extraordinary things. So he walks out to them and he says, take courage, don't be afraid. Take courage, don't be afraid. And then, of course, Peter was afraid. So what happened when Peter started to meet Jesus on the way? How many times have you met Jesus on the way and you get scared and he starts to sink? And what does Jesus do? He puts out his hand to hold his hand. And my sister, the most wonderful Irish Catholic girl I could ever know, just said to me, when you let go of the hand of Jesus, your life doesn't go well. But you can always take the hand of Jesus. And you have divine aid. So he takes the hand. And then he says, he doesn't, you know, he, he's not like going to back up. He says, you have little faith. Why do you doubt? And that was my family. You know, my family, my dad was a World War II survivor. He had terrible post-traumatic stress syndrome. Uh, so his work history was sketchy. And, so, and the women didn't work. Even though my mother did work in World War II, they went back in the house and they didn't work because the guys were coming home and they needed the job. And so at any time as a child, child children watch you all the time. So as a child, one or the other would be afraid because of lack of resources. And they would always answer, they had great love, even though we had great dysfunction. Talk about growing up with that, oh, love must be really dysfunctional. And um, uh, thank God for John, because he's quiet and calm, and my life being for 50 years. Thank God for you, John. You are my gift from God. So, because he did have this woman who didn't know, you know, but I did know one thing. When my parents would get afraid, one or the other would say, Oh, you of little faith, why do you doubt? And that's what I build my prosperity on. God is my source in every need. So Jesus taught with purpose, and he taught his apostles to pray. Now, I know that a lot of Union churches do not say the Lord's Prayer. And, and you know, I, to me, I don't have a, anything. I just, but... I would encourage you to go and read the Lord's Prayer because it's a lot of promise and it's there and it's meaningful. So, Kyra Bear, Reverend Kyra Bear, established beliefs and radical Christian teaching. So, the established belief that we go on is that we're separate and there's a duality, good and evil. She said, no, there's oneness. That's the radical Christ teaching. That God is punitive and a lawgiver. You know, like he's always doing this. Well, that, that is not true. From the story she told, there's a flow, like in the prodigal son, there's a flowing love and grace. No ghost, but a flowing love and grace. Um, the established belief is worth and value by outside status. And the, the radical Christ teaching is infinite worth as children. Loved by God. 
The established belief is a life of competition and struggle. And I just hate that because we're doing that to our children. And I'm a child advocate, and we're measuring them. And may I tell you the truth, and hopefully your soul will hear it. You cannot measure soul. You can't measure love. And yet we do it all the time to our children, thinking we're advancing them. We're advancing them into anxiety. So the radical Christ teaching is God first, and these things will be added on to you. That's Matthew 6.31. So just to know, on the back of your bulletin is the commandment that Jesus gave us, which is from Scripture, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the greatest and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Amen. And a yay, Jesus. We've been following him and talking about him over 2,000 years. This man is the man that I want to follow. So this week, did I talk too long? <laughs> she, she has it up. This week, cut her off, get the hook. Anyway, um, I can't tell you how many people say that. I haven't. <laughs> it's time. So anyway, this week, this is your assignment. Or pra- excuse me. Practice. All right, so so a little bit of the old me came through. Anyway, uh, this is your practice. Just let the Christ guide you and feel those standards. Feel yourself walking. Know that, of course, we honor the Christ. But this man walked in courage. Let's not forget that. And, you know, a lot of people say, well, do we really know he existed? Well, I've been to lots of workshops with lots of experts. They claim there's a historical Jesus. But even if in your heart you don't have that truth, know that these truths were taught at that time. So enjoy your week of your practice, of your spiritual practice. Thank you.